thanks for, if you, if you haven't heard the first week of this series, many of you were here last week, if you haven't, I would encourage you to jump online and, and catch up on the podcast, all of these weeks are something for everybody, it's Valentine's week everybody, how many of you have already got your Valentine's plans, where are you at, all the men better have your hands up, y'all better get ready, y'all already behind the eight ball, y'all gonna end up taking her, y'all gonna end up taking her to Golden Corral, somewhere like that, if y'all don't get right, get you a reservation somewhere and get you some chocolates everybody can do something get you a little card and and get it together get some flowers everybody so because it's valentine's week i want to talk about love songs how many of you love love songs you kind of on my like slow jams you know i'm talking about just stuff you just get in the car you make that stank face like this right here just slow jam to you y'all know what i'm talking about slow jam stuff what's your favorite love song artist let me hear you what's your favorite love song artist who r kelly you nasty that's I shouldn't have asked. I, that's my fault for even bringing that up. That's nasty. R. Kelly. Somebody in the last service said Brian McKnight. Just as nasty. That's terrible. I'm talking about Brian Adams. Where are all my Brian Adams at? That's what I'm... Journey. Where's all my Journey people at? There you go. Journey. Bro, R. Kelly. Bro, that kills me. <laughs> Chicago. You're the inspiration. Anybody, anybody? Chicago? There you are. Yeah. Love songs are the songs that define a generation. I'm not going to get over that anytime soon, Sam. Love songs define a generation. They really do like that. When you think about songs in your generation like the 80s or the 90s or the 2000s, some of y'all young punks in here talking about 2000s and all. Love songs are the songs that you kind of think about, not, not any really, you know, across all other genres of music. You kind of pick out that love song. And it kind of defines your generation. Well, love songs weren't your idea. They weren't Brian Adams' idea. They certainly weren't R. Kelly's idea. That old nasty dude. God wrote the first love song. God wrote the first love song. And it's about love and sex. Now, let me tell you, I told you this last week. We're going to rate this message PG-13. So if you got ears that are younger than that, this is a fair warning. I will not do, I, I won't get anything that's crude or cross any lines. I promise you that. But uh, this, we, we got to talk about this. And the first love song in the Bible is the Song of Solomon. If you're new to the Bible, new to Christianity, there's a whole book about this. You really should read that. You should go home this week, Valentine's week. You should make it your point to read the Song of Solomon. It may help some of you married dudes. Come on. It may help y'all. Y'all, y'all can take some good notes out of there to make you blush if you're not careful. But let me give you kind of an overview of the Song of Solomon. It's written about a thousand years before Christ is born, 965 B.C. Solomon writes this book and it's, and it's a story kind of back and forth between him and an unnamed woman that the Bible just calls the Shulamite woman. The Shulamite woman. I don't know why. I would go with my name. I would be like, Solomon, if you're writing this down, call me Sally. Don't call me Shulamite. But anyway, whatever. So the Bible just calls her the Shulamite woman. And they go back and forth in this whole love story. And you can see this. Most theologians interpret the Song of Solomon is an allegory about God's love for Israel or about Christ's love for the church. And both of those things are correct interpretations of Song of Solomon. But it's also just a love story. And you can interpret it kind of point blank like a man and a woman and their passionate pursuit of one another. And that's kind of the angle we're going to look at today is, is the, the, just literally this idea of pursuit. And honestly, I, this one today... We're going to do all kinds of different stuff next week. I'm going to go ahead and give you a fair warning. Next week we're talking about, I really believe God given me a direct word about breaking sexual strongholds off of you and off of your church and off of your marriage and 
I want to help us through all of that. But then the last week, we're going to talk through marriages, have something really cool planned for the last week of the series about marriages. And today kind of goes out to all the single ladies, all the, all the single men and ladies and dating. And you're thinking, man, I'm married. I don't want you to check out because you still need to be in a dating relationship even if you're married. You just need to be dating the person you're married to. Everybody say amen to that. Married men, listen to me. If you don't date your mate, somebody else will. Somebody else will. <laughs> All these wives say, mm-hmm. I don't know whether to amen that or not. I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. I want you to have healthy relationships. If you're single and dating, I want, you to, I want your healthy dating relationships to turn into healthy marriages. I don't want to counsel your marriages. Not because I don't love you but because I want you to have healthy marriages. Because I want unbelievers to look at your relationship and say, man, that's the kind of marriage I want to have. That's the kind of relationship I want to have. I especially want that to be, if you're dating today, if you're single today, I want to talk about the pursuit and attraction and, and, and passion and all, really all about the art of attraction, kind of what it's like to be attracted to somebody, everybody who's single you're kind of looking for a mate. You're looking for what you're looking in a future mate. And here's what we always do. Every time I meet with single people that talk about what they're looking for, they always bring out this long list, you know, this scroll. They just like, when there's this big long list of everything that they want in their mate. And here's the angle I want you to take today. Listen close. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to decide some qualities that not only you're looking for in a mate, I want you to decide some qualities you're going to build in yourself so you attract the kind of mate that you want. You should attract the right person to you because you are that kind of person. Amen, everybody? If you want a better spouse, you need to be a better spouse. All the married men and women shout amen to that. You need to be that kind of person. But I know you find people in different ways. Online dating, I was just talking to somebody between the two services, a member of our team about online dating and technology how many of you thank God that you didn't have technology that's available today when you were dating where are you at right now you better thank God because some of y'all would have went straight to hell I'm talking about straight to hell it's just it's scary it honestly is the availability of like online dating and, and apps and don't don't let me see your phone like I don't want to see tinder none of that whatever that stuff is like it's and but the truth of the matter is just some decent places and it's completely acceptable, you know, in today's culture to meet somebody online. I know some of you may have met your partner online. Some of you, I have friends who got married, but they, you know, their, their first dates came through an online dating service. I read something the other day about, about online dating profiles, that things are not always as they appear. And that certain people kind of, the, the things they say about themselves and their profiles are not always the truth. You, you know what I'm talking about, anybody? <laughs> Let me help you decode some of those. I read these. I thought these were so good. If a woman in her online dating profile said that she is 40-ish, that means she's 49 and a half, everybody. That's what that means. If she says, if she says I'm 40-ish, she's, she's almost, she, she turns 50 this week. That's what that means. If he says that he's 40-ish, it means he's 52 and he's looking to hook up with a 25-year-old. That's what that means. <laughs> he's lying to you. He ain't 40. He ain't been 40-ish in a minute. He's 52 years old and he wants a 20-year-old. If a guy in his online dating profile, if he says that he is huggable, if he says, I'm just a huggable, kind of lovable kind of guy, let me tell you what that means. That means your boy's got some extra weight and he has more body hair than Bigfoot. That's what that means. If he says huggable, you're going to have to braid that back hair like, Oh, yeah, 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 huggable. You ain't huggable. If she, if she says that, 
I feel like Jeff Foxworthy up here. If she says that, if she says that she's romantic, I'm just the romantic type. I'm just, I just love romance. Let me tell you what that means, man. Look in my eyes. It means she looks better by candlelight. You know what I'm trying to say? You got to turn them lights down low. Girl gets better looking. I'm just, I just like candlelight. No, girl, you don't look as good with the lights up. That's what that means. If he said, <laughs> this is my favorite one. If he says that I'm just laid back, I'm just a family man. I'm just kind of, I'm real close to my family. Look at me, women. That means he still lives at his mama's house and he does not have a job. That's what that means. <laughs> if he, I'm, just, I'm real close to my family. You're right down the hallway from your family. That's where you are. You're right. You're still in the same house as your mama. If she says she's bubbly and fun, that means she will never shut up, men. That's what that means. You hear me? Bubbly is code word for does not stop talking. If she says she's an... Are you okay with this? Everybody okay with this? Don't get upset, everybody. If she says she's an independent woman, listen to me, men. It means she has control issues. She will dominate you and you will like it, mister. That's what independent woman means. And if he says, I'm kind of average looking. I'm like the average guy. Look at me. He fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. That's what happens to that boy. Because things aren't always like they appear. Like the blind date. You go to see somebody and you think, man, where is this? Especially online. You see somebody on on their profile picture. And like on their profile picture, they're Beyonce. And then you meet them and they're Shanae. You know what I'm talking about? Like totally different. You're like, girl, I'm here to meet this girl. Have you seen her? you, You know where she is. Because some of y'all filter all that stuff up. You're like, I don't, I didn't even know she was black. I don't even know what, like, I don't even know what, you don't even look like the kind of person you are. Things are not always as they appear. Some of us are in relationships, and now that you're into this relationship further, you think, oh my gosh, I had no idea that all of these issues existed. And I want to help you today, kind of on the front end of that relationship. And really, even if you're married today, I want you to take good notes because I want some qualities that I want you to develop inside of you when you're looking for a spouse. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. I don't want you to just make a list of everybody and all the qualities you want. I want you to become the person that the person that you're looking for is looking for. I want you to become the person. Are you becoming the person? Please forgive me. I'm going to put a cough drop in or I will lose my voice this service. I want you to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. You can't have a list a mile long about what you want in a spouse or what you want in a date or what you want in a mate when you're not becoming that because they're not looking for that kind of person that you aren't. If you're looking for a a, a man that goes to church, the best place to look for him would be at That'd be the best place. you got to become the person. Are you really developing the quality? So when I look at these, I'm going to give you four today. It's not all of them, but I'm going to go through the Song of Solomon and, and give you four qualities. When you look at these qualities, the, the, these are the. Th- I don't want you to just think, well, this is what I'm looking for in a dating partner. I want you to look at these things and think, am I becoming these things? Am I becoming the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? Here's the first thing. Let's go to the Bible. Song of Solomon is the first chapter. It starts like this. Let him kiss me. I told you all it's PG-13. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. You smell good, girl. Let me stop right here and tell you, this is a good place. If, it, it, just wear some cologne. Do something. Try to clean up a little bit. And then she says, but it's not just the, the perfumes. 
she makes a remarkable statement. She's talking here about the man in the story. The Shulamite woman's talking about Solomon. Underline this in your Bible. She says, your name is like the perfume poured out. No wonder young women love you. The first thing that she noticed about this person, the first thing that attracted her, the first law of attraction, if you're going to have a healthy God-honoring dating relationship that turns into a healthy God-honoring marriage, is godly character. Write that in your notes. It's your name. It's the first thing I noticed about you. Not that you were a hottie with a body. Come on, everybody. Not your physical attraction. We live in such a world that the first thing we jump to is, do we have chemistry? Are we compatible? Is she tall, ugly, fat, skinny, short? What's wrong with them? Does she have freckles? We, We go straight to physical. And the Bible said, no, no, no. The first thing I noticed about you was your name. It preceded you, your character. Your name is what's most attractive about you. It's that thing. And she says, it's like perfume. Now, I don't want you to think, listen, it was, it was an allegory. It's about something very specific to this time, about this expensive perfume, this rare commodity. But people in this day, it was rare to take a bath all the time. Some of y'all act like you still live there. It's just a, It was a rare thing. So they would put on these expensive perfumes that made you more presentable in public. And she says, your character... Your name is like that expensive perfume. It's the first thing when you're walking towards me, the first thing I noticed was not, I like the way he looks, I like the way she looks, we're compatible, we have have all of this chemistry. No, the first thing is your character, your godly character, not your reputation. Your reputation is what people think about you. Your character is what you really are. Your character is what you are when you're alone in the car. Your character is what you are when the lights go down and you're all alone. Your character is sort of what when nobody's watching you. And she says to him, no wonder all these women want you. Not because of your money, not because of your prestige, not because of the way you look, but because of your good name. Listen to me, single people in the room. The first trait, the most important quality you need to look for in a mate is godly character. Everybody shout amen to that. If you want a healthy marriage one day, If you want a marriage that honors God one day, if you want a relationship that gives God glory along the way, you have to have somebody with godly character first. Somebody who's godly in how they live their lives. Somebody who actually lives a godly life. Not just with their mouth, but with their actions. They carry themselves in life. If you want somebody with godly character, here's what I'm telling you today. You're going to have to become somebody with godly character. You're going to have to live your life. You're going to have to start working on becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. You're going to have to become the spouse that the spouse that you want, wants. If you want somebody with godly character, you've got to develop godly character. I meet women all of the time. None of them come to this service. All of them go to the 930. But sometimes I counsel women who say things like, Pastor, I always attract the wrong kinds of guys. They only want one thing. All men are the same. I don't know what's wrong with me. Look in my eyes. I don't mean to be harsh to you, but if you're not catching the right fish, you may want to consider the kind of bait that you are using. I know that's a sucker punch, but you can't be in the bars twerking talking about I want a godly man. By the way, if you're over 40, do not Google the word twerking. Just know you can't find him there. 
If you want a godly man, you can't be upset about who you're attracting if that's the kind of bait. Some of us need to cover up our bait a little bit more of our bait. You know what I'm trying to tell you. You can't be upset about, I want somebody with godly character, but I don't, ex- I don't live godly lives. You understand what I'm telling you? Everybody shout amen to that. You, you want somebody who loves God? Then pursue God yourself. You want somebody who's, who, who, who prays and who gives and who that you, You're going to have to do that yourself. You are likely to attract someone who is like you. So if all the guys you attract only want one thing, in your marriage, in, in, when, when you finally do get married, listen, it's not so much about finding the right person. It's about becoming this person. It's about saying, God, when I look at my relationships, am I becoming the godly person that I want in a mate? Everybody shout amen to that. You okay with that, everybody? I know it's hard preaching, but listen, it's no harder than all that other stuff that's all over the news, all over the Kardashians, all over culture, all over Tinder, all over hooking up. I'm just going to tell you what this book says. Is that okay with everybody? I'm just going to make it as plain as I can make it to you because everybody else is. I want godly character first and foremost. I want somebody who loves God first and foremost. Look at me, single people. If they do not follow Jesus, take them off the list. Period. End of discussion. Why would you ever date somebody who's not a person of faith? You will not bring them up. You will not drag them up. It's the law of attraction. Hannah, come sit right here, hon. Sit right here in this chair. It's the law of relational attraction. Listen close. This is gravity that happens. It's in relational gravity. It's in gravity and and natural. Here's what happens. If you are the more spiritual person in the relationship and you try to take somebody in a relationship and pull them up, stay right there, pull them up where where you're going, which one is going to win in this battle, her or I? She will because gravity's on her side. She can pull me down easier than I can pull her up. It's the same thing in your relationship. You will not find an unbeliever and say, I'm going to pull him up. Thanks, I'm going to pull him up. I'm going to pull her up. I'm going to get them where I'm going. No. You need to start with somebody who follows Jesus. Everybody shout amen to that. Now put your little parentheses in your notes because I know you're taking good notes. This part's not in the Bible. This is my part. You don't just need a Christian. If I were you, I'd look for somebody on the dream team in a connect group that tithes. That's what I would look for. I'm just telling you. That's just my part. I'm just telling you that little extra stuff that will help you along the way. Begin with godly character. Here's the second thing. i got to hurry. You need to move beyond godly character. In your dating relationships, you need to decide, do we have trust that is growing or trust that is diminishing? I want you to develop and grow the trust that you have in your relationships. The second thing that this woman says, she says in Song of Solomon 1, she says, dark am I. Interesting passage. I'm dark and yet lovely. Daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Don't stare at me, she says to him, because I'm dark. Because I'm darkened by the sun. She's not a different race. She has a sunburn. 
My mother's sons, my brothers were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards. And so I had to work outside. Listen close. In the culture that she's writing this in, it was unbecoming of a woman to be tanned. To, to have a suntan because it showed that your family didn't have any money to hire servants or slaves or that you're, you know, there were no men in the family who could go work outside. So when a woman was sunburned, it was, like, it was a shameful thing. And she, she, she says to her, to Solomon, she says, don't look at me, don't stare at me because it, it reveals something about me that I'm embarrassed of. You see my sunburn and my darkened skin. It's not light skin, it's dark skin and I'm embarrassed at it. Don't stare at me. She's revealing to her partner, listen close, her insecurities. This happens in every relationship. It happened in the dating relationship you're in right now. It happened in the marriage relationship you're in. You start revealing some insecurities. It's normal. Listen close if you're single. When you begin to reveal those insecurities, I want you to watch their response. Because the godly relationship will have a growing trust in the presence of your insecurities. Not a diminishing trust. We always start with our physical insecurities. This is what every, most everybody does that. This is what she does. She starts with the physical. I'm not attractive. I'm too fat. I don't like my nose. I don't like my freckles. If you're me, I'm a little husky and I have my uh, lazy eye. My left eye when I smile is lazy. I don't know why, whatever. Anyway, I'm insecure about it. And Brandy and I, every time we go somewhere, we take a picture. Because you know if you don't take a picture and put it on Instagram, it didn't really happen. So we take a selfie and she shows me this selfie. And the first thing I notice is my lazy eye. Why won't my left eye open any further? It's not funny. I don't know what's wrong with it. <laughs> and I'm insecure about it. And I remember when we first started dating, when we got married, and I'm insecure and I'm telling her these things. Listen, and she would begin to love those insecurities away. Now when we take a picture and I talk about, like I'll hashtag lazy eye. And she gets so mad about that. She says, those are the things I love about you the most. Listen, my, life, my eye's still lazy eye. Here's what she's doing. There's a growing trust that has developed over 20 years of us together that when I reveal my insecurities, I can trust her in that relationship. She's not diminishing my insecurities because here's what happens. You're going to move beyond your physical insecurities and then you get into deeper issues and your struggles and your emotional insecurities. Then you start talking about past relationships and you start talking about your fears and your hurts and your, your upbringing and your home life and your anxieties and all of that stuff. And when you do that, how they respond to you should open your eyes about godliness. should open your eyes about a healthy relationship. When I talk about that stuff, does he make fun of me or does he encourage me? When I reveal some of those insecurities, does she, does she encourage that? Does she, does she love those insecurities about me? Or does, she, or does she say, just move on and dismiss it and patronize it? And she doesn't sympathize because if you're going to have a healthy, God-honoring relationship, there has to be a growing trust as you do that. I've never met so many people these days where, it, it, and when I counsel in relationships, there's so much suspicion about the other person's motives. Well, when he says this, I bet he means that. I know he's all he just like his mama is. His mama's mean, he's mean. That's just the way they are. I hate his mama. I don't even like him. Just, every, there's just suspicion. I, and, and I'll say, well, that's not what he said. He said this. Yeah, but you don't know what he means. What he means is he does. And then, and then, well, no, 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 no. Listen to me. Look at me. You don't know their heart. That relationship should be growing trust. I know you're insecure about your upbringing. 
Let me, let me love you through that. When, you, when, you, when, when things go crazy, when, when, when something doesn't matter, I'm not going to diminish that. I'm gonna, there's going to be trust that develops in that. Everybody following what I'm saying to you? I want you to be growing trust in your relationship. Single people, when you're in a relationship with somebody, the first thing you need to, the first attractive thing about them should be their godly character. The second thing is when you start letting your guard down and there's some insecurities that show, what happens to the trust of the relationship? Here's the third thing, probably the fulcrum of all of them. It, it really, it's it, we're towards the end, but I think this is probably the fulcrum of all of them. And it's this: it's higher standards. Write that in your notes. It's higher standards. I am on a mission from God, like the Blues Brothers. I'm on a mission from God against lowest common denominator living. I am on a mission to drag you out of good enough. It's okay. I'm going to keep lowering my standards. You're in a church today that raises the standards. We're in a movie theater, and we raise the standards on it. We do, we do things with excellence on our team and on my staff. We're constantly raising the standards because I just think that we live in a culture that every, we just lower things so everybody gets a trophy. You know what I'm trying to say, everybody? I, that is not God's way, and here's what will happen. If you'll start lowering your standards, then before long you start losing your value. Oh, I'm preaching better than I preach first service. This is better than first. You, you, you start losing your value because you've lowered your standards. And now you've been married 25 years and feel worthless. And it started by the low standards you went into this relationship with. Here's what she says in Song of Solomon. She says this to him in verse 7. Tell me, you whom I love. She's talking to him. Where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Stop right there. Look in my eyes. The next question she asked him is, you got a job, brother? You, got, you working somewhere? Let me see your W-2. You done done your taxes, boy? Where you at right now? Show, show me what you got. Y'all think I'm lying, but I, it's an epidemic of this. It really is. I have seen more of this than, than probably ever in my ministry. If he ain't got a job, he ain't trying to date you. Don't use his allowance to take you out on a date. Come on, somebody. Is that okay, everybody? I'm just helping you raising daughters because y'all try to come up in my house without a job. Y'all get out of here. Where do you work? <laughs> then the next thing she says, if you're single in this room, I want you to write this as big on your notes as anything else. Matter of fact, I want you to write it on your mirror and lipstick or soap. If you're a man, preferably in soap because writing in lipstick is weird. Why should I? The next thing she moves to in this dating relationship, this attraction relationship is, why should I be like all the veiled women beside the flocks of your friends? I love how she talks about his boys. She said, why should I, why should I do what they do? Here's what those veiled women were. You know, veiled women gave themselves to men for a price. They're prostitutes. And she, right after she asked about his job, she decides to ask him, by the way, I see who your boys are hanging out with. If you think I'm one of them, I got higher standards than that, everybody. Why should I lower my standards just so I can hang out with your ugly self? I know that's hard. 
but I'm, gonna, I, I'm not done yet. Y'all get ready. Y'all better buckle up because we're going to climb out of this a little bit higher, everybody. It's going to get bumpier before it gets smoother. You're going to have to raise your standard up. If you want better, you're going to have to do better, everybody. You're going to have, she's saying, listen, I know what other girls are doing to get a man. I am not going to do that to get a man. Now, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something very straightforward. But I want you to hear it with love. I promise you, you're not in a condemning church, a judging church. Somebody that looks down on you. But God loves you just like you are. But He loves you too much to leave you like you are. Amen, everybody? So listen to this. Just because it's acceptable in today's culture to have sex before marriage does not mean that the Bible's okay with it. And she says, why should I, just because all of those other women are out there are doing that, you think I'm like that and I am not like that. Because it's normal and common to have casual sex before you're married, but it's also normal and common for over 50% of, almost 60% of all marriages to end in divorce. So if you want common sex before marriage, get ready for common divorce after marriage. That's one person clapping. Let me say it this way better. I know it's hard. I told y'all buckle up. It was going to get bumpy. If you want what others have, just do what others do. If you want the kind of relationships they have that are built on mistrust, that are built solely on sensuality and sexuality and sexual performance and whether you hook up with me, whether you say, then go ahead and lower your standards. Make it all about that. But look at me. 20 years from now, that ain't going to keep him. Whatever you got him with, you got to keep him with. Whatever you got her with, you got to keep her with. So if you want what others have, just keep doing what others do. I don't want what others have. I don't care if 70 plus percent of marriages say they're unhappy. I'm going to have a happy marriage. I'm going to have a marriage that everybody wants on my block. All of my neighbors going to talk about, girl, why y'all so why y'all grinning all the time? You know why we grinning all the time? Because I'm happy. That's why we're grinning all of the time. I got two kids, not because I like kids, because I like my wife. Come on, somebody. I want you to start raising your standards. If you want better, do better, everybody. Why should I have to sleep with you to be able to have a second date with you? Why should I have to lower my... She says, listen, just, just so you know, I'm not going to be like all those other girls hanging around your flock of friends. That's what she calls us boys. I'm not going to be... I'm not like that. And if you're looking for that, I got higher standards of that. Now listen, I'm not talking about higher standards like I'm only dating somebody six foot three. Y'all need to get over that with that six foot three, okay? It's something in five foot six. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't know about it. I'm not talking about high standards like, you know, you got one eyeball and half an ear and you talking about I got to have Cindy Crawford. I'm not talking about that. Some of y'all need to lower some of those standards and go out with somebody. I'm talking about raising your standards and godliness. I'm talking about raising, let me just be honest with you. I know it sounds old-fashioned and archaic, but according to this book, lovemaking is reserved for marriage. End of discussion. You better clap to that because that's in this book, everybody. So you got two choices if you're single today. The first choice is you can honor God together. Not one of you pressuring the other one. But you decide together, hey, we're going to honor God this way. Just so you know, i got higher standards than this. 
I don't care what sitcoms say, movie says. I don't care what R. Kelly says or does. I don't care what other people think about us. We're going to honor God. God has something better for us. I want a better marriage. I don't want a marriage that struggles with insecurity, that struggles with trust, and that ends up unhappy or even worse than that. I want some, The only other option you have is to just decide to sin together. That's it. It's only two options. As it comes to sex outside of marriage. My prayer for you is that you decide to reorganize this attraction. Instead of sex and physical attraction being on top, let godly character be on top. Let growing trust come next. Let's raise our standards as a culture, everybody. Let's go into this culture that's inundated with sensuality and say, hey, listen, I don't care what y'all do. Why should I have to do that? God gave me value. God created me special. And God created sex for one person for the rest of my life. Shout amen to that, everybody. Now listen, you can't go back and undo what's already done. And there's some of you who are looking straight ahead right now, and I promise you, listen to me. I'm not here to condemn you or judge you. But now that we know the truth, let's live differently, everybody. Let's take our sin to God and go, okay, God, this is just like any other sin. doesn't make you terrible or ugly or disgusting. It just makes you normal. It makes you a person. It makes you a sinner just like all the rest of us. So let's go to God and say, God, forgive me. This is about forgiveness. This is about growing in my faith. Let's honor God together. Amen, everybody. Shout a better amen than that, everybody. There you go. Here's the fourth thing and the last thing. You need to raise your standards. You need to have consistent encouragement. Now remember just a couple of verses ago, this this girl, this Shulamite woman is complaining. She's expressing her insecurities about how the sun has darkened her skin. This is probably, this is one of my favorite in this whole whole passage. Song of Solomon 1 and 9. He says to her, I liken you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. He, he, he really looks at her and says, Hey girl, you, you remind me of a full-grown female horse. You, you just, girl, you like a big old mare. Look at you, girl. Men, do not write that in your card. You remind me of a giant horse. <laughs> it requires a little bit of explaining. Let me explain it to you. Pharaoh's horses were all white. The Pharaoh was considered a god. He was like deity. And white horses in the ancient world were associated with deity and godliness. So he says to her, I know that you feel like your skin's dark and that you're insecure about it. But when I look at you, you look beautiful to me. It looks like the white horses of Pharaoh. Like, I don't know how else to say it except I, you think it looks burned. Listen, she's encouraging her. I remember when Brandon and I started in ministry, we got married at 19. I will not marry you at 19, don't ask. We got married at 19, and that first year, if Jesus would have come back, I, we both would have went to hell, but I for sure would have. And, and I remember sitting down early in our marriage and saying, Brandy, I don't know what this is going to look like. Like, I don't know where we'll end up or what God will do. And we've ended up in some doozies, everybody. We've been on big stages and stadiums and coliseums and traveled the world preaching the gospel. And we've been in tiny, tiny rooms with ten people, no money, and overdrawn accounts preaching the gospel. And I said, Brandy, we may plant a church one day. I remember when I went to her almost three years ago now, two and a half years ago, and said, Brandy, I think I'm going to leave this really good paying job and this really large church and a really nice office. 
I'm going to leave all that behind and I'm going to go plant a church somewhere I've never been and I don't know anybody. And by the way, we just had our second child. And I remember Brandy, she didn't say, you're crazy, that's, 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 I've never heard anybody like that. I'm just going to give up. If that's what you're going to do, I'm giving up. No, she looked at me right in the eyes and said, let's get it, let's go. Let's go, you, we can do this. You're sitting in the realization, not of my dream, of her encouragement in my dream. Is the person that you're with consistently encouraging you to do what God's called you to do? Are they bringing you down and pulling you back and telling you all the reasons why you can't? Or are they telling you, listen, if God's called you there, on the, on the, the Sundays I know I preach the worst, we get in the truck and she says, that's the best I've ever heard you. I've never heard that before. She's lying. She heard it in first service. She, she, she's just encouraging me. When I, most Sundays I feel like, honestly, can I be honest with you? Most Sundays I feel like I'm over my head. Chris, there's hundreds of people in this church. God, in, in a year and a half, look at this place. And I feel like, man, what am I doing? And I get in the truck and I go to God first. I know this is, I can't do it. That's why I got to have the Holy Spirit. And then I go to Brandy and Brandy says, you got this. We got this. God's, God's got this. Here's what starts happening. What, watch this progression. Verse 15. He says, how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. He's talking about those white. Again, her insecurities about being sunburned. He says, I don't even see that stuff. And then here's what happens. Guys, listen to this. She says back to him, how handsome you are, my beloved. Listen, men. You get better looking the more you treat her well. She responds with you're handsome after he makes her feel better. After there's, there, there's something more. Now, now there's this byproduct. Now all of these things exist. Now there's godly character. Now there's developing trust. Now we're honoring God with our bodies and we're raising our standards higher. Now we're consistently encouraging one another. And something starts transforming in the relationship between Solomon and the Shulamite woman. Listen to this. Just a couple of verses ago, she's insecure. Now listen to what she says. In, in chapter 2 and verse 1, I am a rose of Sharon. I'm a lily of the valleys. Now she says, I, I feel, I, I'm, I, I'm singular. I'm not one of many girls that you're hooking up with. Here's what happens. She starts feeling special. She, she feels special. She says, I was insecure about my stuff and now I'm not insecure. I'm special. I feel like I'm somebody different. I feel like that you care about me. Now something is developing. Do you see what's happening in this relationship? This is the way your dating relationships ought to go. This is the way I want your marriage to go. He loves her. She gets, she, she start, he looks better the more he treats her well. And then catch this. This is the end. Then like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among young men. She starts talking about how good he looks. Men, we get better looking. I'm just telling you. Not with age. With how we treat our women. And then, and then she says this. I delight to sit in his shade. I love that. I just, I like to, I like his fruit is sweet. She starts feeling secure. 
She feels special and then she feels secure. Women, listen to me. Even if you're the primary breadwinner in your home, that, that doesn't matter. You still have a need for security to sit in the shade. So all of this stuff starts happening. Now there's a protection. Now there's godliness forming. Now there's trust forming. Now that we're raising the standards about our sexuality and our bodies. Now, now we have higher standards. Now we're, now we're committed to one another. Now we're in a marriage relationship. Now we've moved on. Now all of that stuff has now ticked the boxes. Now look what happens in verse 5. Strengthen me with raisins and refresh me with apples. Because I'm about to pass out, boy. I am so in love with you. And then look at here. His left arm is under my head. And his right arm embraces me. There's no dot, dot, dot right there. But the next sentence in the ancient Greek is brown chicken, brown cow. Y'all know what I'm saying. And it came after all of that other stuff. Listen to me, single adults. Today's message wasn't to... Make you feel bad, make you feel like you're a sinner. No, no, no. Today's message is to tell you there's a time, this is what God wants for you. But He wants it in the right order. I want you to be a I want you to be attracted to their godliness. There's this posture that you start assuming where I'm looking for a man, a woman with godly character and growing trust and higher standards than the world. Somebody that's consistently encouraging my walk with God. So that, here's the last thing I want you to write down and we'll close our Bibles. So that, if you have the courage to be different, then you can have something that's better. Honestly, this is my prayer for you. That you have the courage to be different from this world so that you can have something better than this world. So that you can have an amazing relationship. So that I can stand at that altar when I marry you and go, these two people, are amazing they're, they're, they're both godly young people they both are godly adults they both there's trust as their insecurities start revealing themselves they started trusting one another more they raised higher standards they, the rest of the world said one thing and they said I'm going to be different than that I want something better than that now here we are at our wedding day and now you've set yourself up not for perfect but for healthy and for better. And that's my prayer for you.